0: You're listening to the Tigers Minor League Report Network, your home for Detroit Tigers MLB and MILB podcasts, news, analysis, and scouting. Get the scoop on Tigers today.
1: To Tigers SRD on SportsRadioDetroit.com.
0: Welcome to Tigers SRD here on SportsRadioDetroit.com and TigersMinorLeagueReport.com as part of the Overtime Media Network. Pretty much just we're all over the place. I'm Roger still i Chris Brown. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, and Google Play. I want to say a big thank you to, I believe it was, it was Brett Yoder, uh, who left, uh, left us a review last week. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. That's a five star review. Uh, all the reviews have been kind. We've been getting a lot of them in the last couple of weeks. So I could, you know, Chris can say, I could speak for Chris, I, I believe, and say thank you. And we're really appreciative of it. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we appreciate that. So, yeah. So, by the way, the Tigers Minor League Report website is out now. So go to Report dot com. Check out the forums. Participate in them, we have we're all over the place in there. We had some breaking news break out today with the West Michigan Whitecaps hitting coach getting fired. So we're all over. We're we're getting really aggressive with it. So any comments, feedback, we appreciate that. The big board is up, and James Chipman did a fantastic job with that and and getting all everybody getting together for that. So all
1: teamwork all and around and you and you Roger yes you, you, know, you did an amazing great. job with the uh, the website
0: no i appreciate that and uh yeah so looking forward to interacting continuing to interact with our uh people who listen to us so coming up tonight we're going to read off tiger haikus we put that out there on twitter and it blew up a little it, it was a very pleasant surprise i mean haikus we got about the tigers but it was in honor of a bit that Sean Bleuchin did when he was at the fan uh, beforehand, where he read lines haikus, where it's the, just depressing the, the how the lines were. So tip of the cap to uh, a guy who really got me, who I wanted to go in the business because Sean believes in, Sean believes is just a cool guy. He just just tells you how it is and doesn't really have to do an act or anything. And that's kind of, but anyways, that's where I got the haiku idea from. So uh we'll be talking the, the Tigers last week or so. We'll be also are we the good bad and ugly and our inside in numbers a little bit as the Tigers hit the road in Seattle and t-mobile park which I didn't realize they changed That must have been recently but the safe is now t-mobile park yeah so
1: it's it, you know it's weird and we were talking on the other show or not even on the show before about you know teams being named after corporations and advertising on jerseys and stuff and I guess it, it's just kind of quickly happened. Like, how how many stadiums aren't named after a corporation now? Is its is it two, basically? Fenway and Wrigley? It, Fenway, well, Wrigley's named after Wrigley. Oh, the Wrigley gum. True. Yeah, I true. Mean, true um, cliche, but but that's, true. that's it's so old that I, I think. But he but was. Think, yeah, he, like Yankee Stadium and Fenway, maybe. Is that it?
0: Well, Wrigley was technically. He was the owner of the team, though. I mean, before he.
1: Yeah, so I, I think you could probably get it because it's not. It, like Wrigley was owned by the Tribune Company or something like that, I thought. But um, yeah, I mean, it, there's so many other stadiums. Everything, it, uh, Dodger Stadium is that? Are they named after anything?
0: No, Angel Angel yeah. Stadium.
1: Angel Stadium, just Angel Stadium. Is it? I thought it was like the Oracle or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of it's it's a little bit jarring when you get used to these corporate names, stupid corporate names on stadiums, like U.S. Cellular Field, and then suddenly becomes Guaranteed Right Field, and you're like, it is, whatever. <laughs> like if Comerica Park suddenly becomes, I don't know, Lafayette, Coney Island Park, which would be pretty sweet. Actually, I, would, um, I wouldn't mind that at all, actually. Lafayette Park, that would be sweet. Uh, or, but if it were Little Caesars Park, it would just be weird. Uh, so whatever, I, I don't know. It's annoying to fans, but who cares? Yeah, steel. If you're talking about Michigan businesses,
0: steel case, field, or something like that, because it's steel case oh, no. of Grand Rapids. So, but uh, moving, you know, it's so the Tigers are in Seattle, and we we, we <laughs> it was funny because here we are, you and I were going back and forth about who the Tigers were going to bring up, and it, it's the music should be a dead giveaway. For anybody out there who are familiar with this band, but uh, you know, you and I go back and forth, and you were you even said like kind of jokingly, but you were serious that the Tigers would give a chance to Drew VerHagen, who is a cat with nine lives. And he's bumping the mountain tonight for the Tigers, and he was the one that recommended, despite uh, his numbers in AAA the last month were awful, and he wasn't getting the job done. I mean, people pointing at Ah. He was just allowing a lot. Like, he was doing fine. He didn't allow a lot of home runs. And then, last couple starts, he's just been all over the place. But, uh, yeah, he gets the bump for the Tigers, and he's he's back. And, you know, what can you say, Chris? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, the smolderingly handsome Drew Verhagen takes the mound. It, it, I think we talked, he he has been designated for assignment twice by the Tigers in his career. And this is, so this would be the third time he's been added to the 40 man roster, which is, he like said, cat of nine lives. He's had some uh bad injuries and, and I guess the one thing I'll say is that you have to give him credit for continuing to go out there and pitch and, and pitch well enough for this to happen. Um I you know, I don't think a a team outside of maybe like the Orioles or I mean, at this point it's just the Orioles and the Tigers would, would put a guy like this out there. I mean, it's he's just a hundred and ten loss team coming. but Yeah, the Tigers desperately need pitchers to eat some innings. Uh, They don't, they said, showed us time and time again, they don't want to bring up the the prospects before they feel they're ready or before they feel like starting their service time. So so you cycle through these retreads as as many times as you can. And it's Carpenter and Soto and Alexander and Verhagen, and maybe we'll see Evan Jackson, and maybe we'll see Jake Thompson.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and we forgot to mention Edward Jackson Triple for the Mudhens podcast. But I think the reason why we didn't mention him in the podcast is because I mean the trade deadline being next week, I think Edward Jackson is just going to be filling a void somewhere. And it, it just at this point too, with Edward Jackson got released by Toronto. He wasn't his his numbers weren't really well, and it, it's kind of like we're wondering if he's towards the end of his career or if he's going to be a bullpen guy. But the Tigers clearly need starting pitching help to the point where, I mean, what leads me to our next part of the, what happened this week with Jordan Zimmerman, who allowed four runs on eight hits and a walk in his starting against Philly. And he hasn't won for the Tigers since September 5th, 2018. So that goes back 17 starts. He's now 0-8 on the season. And he said, was interesting, Chris, he said he was working on a sinker pitch. He was working on a couple mm-hmm. pitches. And, I mean, Philly right now is not world beaters of the offensively speaking, but I mean, he's he's definitely trying not to give He's not giving in. He's he's saying he's not gonna he's not giving up with a fight and and it's it is for Zimmerman really. I don't know. I I feel bad for him, and I, I feel bad in the sense that he's going out there, he's doing what he can, but his ability is just it's getting it's decline. It's a really bad decline it's been a decline for a while but it's holy crap it's just it's really bad
1: yeah and and you know there are people who be like don't feel bad for me he's making a ton of money but these uh, you know nobody likes to go out these are professional athletes they are super competitive we talk about it all the time if they weren't they wouldn't be they wouldn't reach the majors and guys like this have a tremendous amount of pride and it it does it sucks to see i always feel sad when i see like that journeyman reliever who's just holding on with the, with the Carlos Torres of the world. Yeah. Uh, just trying to f- find a spot, keep the dream alive. And, and you know, Zimmerman's going to be fine for the rest of his life, but this was, you know, it, it, it sucks to face mortality, I guess, <laughs> if, to, to, for lack of a better word. You know, his career is basically on the line. And it, it, it sucks to realize that that's, you're coming towards the end. And I don't know if you wanted to transition into inside the numbers, but. Uh, Go for it. Mine is related to this, so it felt like a perfect transition. I know there's, there's probably other stuff to talk about, but uh, so. No, absolutely. You, no, no.
0: You, I, I love a smooth transition.
1: <laughs> well, except I talked our way through it about eight, eight minutes. but um, <laughs> So my numbers are 757 and 1657. Uh, and that 757, that is Zimmerman's ERA right now. And the 1657, uh, that's where his ERA ranks among starting pitchers who have thrown at least 60 innings in a season since 2010, 1657 out of 1661. So to put it another way right now, he's got the fifth worst uh, ERA of any starting pitcher in the last decade. And if you want to, if you're curious about who the, who was worse, uh, Charlie Morton also had a 757 ERA with Pittsburgh in 2010. Aaron Blair had a 769 ERA for Atlanta in 2016. Jonathan Sanchez He through a no-hitter, I believe. An 8.07 ERA for the Giants in 2012. And Chris Tillman had an 8.12 ERA for Baltimore in 2017. So, yeah, it's ugly. You were just talking about it. Now, uh, One interesting thing, though, is his FIP is just 4.87. So the the 2.7 run discrepancy between his ERA and his FIP is the largest gap of any pitcher in the sample going back to 2010. So 1,661 pitchers. None of them have had a larger gap between their their FIP and their ERA, uh, which, like, does that mean that he's having crazy bad luck? Maybe some bad luck. His BABIP is, what is it, 361, and his left-on-base percentage is 58.3%, which is like 15 to 20% lower than most people, you know, the average. So there's some bad luck there, but these numbers are kind of what you see when a guy just doesn't have it anymore when you know, he doesn't have the velocity, he doesn't have the location, he doesn't have the movement, and it becomes, you know, it's not like we could do better, but he becomes basically mortal, and, and these major league hitters are just teeing off on him. And the the batted ball data kind of suggests that's what's happening here. It's not bad luck. His, According to uh, Baseball Savant, his uh, his expected weighted on base against is 381, and his actual weighted on base against is 383. So the, he's getting what he deserves uh, based on how he's pitching, unfortunately. So, yeah, like you said, it's kind of sad, but uh, it's historically sad. So that's my inside the numbers.
0: And for, for Zimmerman, too, Chris, it's even like just in terms of this, it's almost like it's when he grips a fastball
1: or just like it just there's no spin. It's just like it's, it's out there and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can look at – I've done this before. Baseball Savant has that nice little logo in the top corner that will show you with, like, blue and red lines where a guy ranks in baseball in various categories. And and Zimmerman is all blue, which is bad. Like every category, possibly fastball velocity, fastball spin, hard hit rate, (laughs) expected weighted on base average, expected batting average, expected – Flooding, it's, it's just it's been a disaster of a year for him and it's 60 innings maybe he'll figure something out but you know between the injuries and the ineffectiveness it's just uh what a what a terribly unfortunate and terrible contract this was for the Tigers. yeah and
0: uh speaking of contracts and kind of the money num- numbers so it leads to my next for my inside number this week is number 14 that's tiger's on the FanGraphs farm ranking, which is a new tab they just released on their on their website, and we're going to talk about this anyways. I mean, we can get an updated, you know, go into a little bit more. But number number fourteen, and they also do by value of prospects in their system. So the Tigers right now have two hundred fifteen million dollars worth of value in their system. Number one was Tampa at five hundred five million. Holy crap! So um, yeah, that's that, that's. It also breaks it down by with, by certain categories. So how many players there are in terms of uh, future value. So 70 future value, 65, 60. And it works its way back. And the Rays have one player, and that's already for, in terms of, of a batter, at a future value of 70. And the rest are just 40. Like the, the most they had was uh, 45. So... Then again, I mean, like I said, the, just it's a really fascinating board, and for anybody out there who's not intimidated easily, I would highly suggest for it. I really haven't had a chance to really dive deep into it a little bit, but
1: anyway. Uh, but you saw yeah, it, it well, and, and one of the things that's striking about it mm-hmm. is, uh, as you said, you know, Fangraphs has, has you know, over the last couple of years they've developed a, a way to quantify the value of prospects. Like you said and and so the Tampa has that 500 million dollars with the prospects basically um but yeah the Tigers ranked 14th and you look at the teams ahead of them the Rangers uh the Orioles are already ahead of the Tigers
0: they jumped really and it was a it was a drastic jump too for the Orioles and the Giants right I remember some, uh, yeah. yeah
1: yeah the Giants are up to 19th now so this is uh I mean Boston is 30th the Nationals are 29th and Milwaukee's twenty eighth, the Royals twenty seventh, but uh, yeah, you see Atlanta, the Dodgers, the Padres, the the Rays, Minnesota, Houston, Arizona is seventh. After, I mean, I just remember a couple years ago they had nobody in their system, and they've just had, just done fantastic work. They got you know on the international market they got kids like, uh, like Jazz Chisholm and Christian Robinson is just going bonkers in his first couple like months and is it Orlando Perdomo I think his name is and in the the, the draft they lost their first round last uh, first rounder last year and it didn't matter they had a great draft they they got Alec Thomas last year I think in the second round a high schooler basically you you compare him to Parker Meadows and Parker Meadows I think still has a higher upside just cuz he's such a physical beast mm-hmm. like you know so tall and and but Thomas is better than Meadows in every stat category this year in the same league and he's younger and it's just, yeah, they, they've done a fantastic job and to see them already ahead of the Tigers it's, it's one of those things, like, we try to be realistic with people and point out, like, hey yes, everyone's come to agree that the Tigers are rebuilding and, and the farm system is getting better but I think a lot of fans have a tendency to view that in kind of a vacuum when they don't look at other teams what they're doing and other teams are doing much better it's uh you know certainly it helps that the diamondbacks had like seven picks in the top 70 this year that's gonna move you up no matter what but ah, uh, yeah i mean it's it's in the other teams ahead of them like i mentioned the dodgers the astros they haven't picked at the top of the draft recently have they
0: no um, they haven't no, no.
1: It's, so it's 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 a whole lot more and maybe who knows maybe It'll be a couple of years, and and this you know Roberto Campos ends up being a stud, and and Fangraphs kind of teased. Somebody asked them about next year's July second uh, prospects, and when we talked about it before, we said you know these kids agreed to deals two three years in advance, so they already know about the guys who are going to sign next July, and they teased that uh, the Tigers are one of the teams who have a guy for at least two million dollars. So, you know they're they're at least spending. Going for it in the international market. Uh, well, it remains to be seen if they're doing it well.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, who's not doing it well right now is the Red Sox. The Red Sox came in with less it was like $97 million of player yeah. in value in their system right now, which concerns me that David is out there at a the trade deadline looking for somebody, and I, I don't want any team to get swindled by a lack of prospects. And they have a lot of guys in low A and some guys in double A right now, but the the Red Sox – don't really have anybody that can call. There's not really a lot of, like, I guess, ready guys that can come up and, and make an impact, but just to see that number is staggering, considering that they're under, to have that kind of lower number, it just goes to show at this point they're retooling a little bit, but still. I mean, the expectations is that the Red Sox, the fans in Boston expect the Red Sox to be there every single time. I mean, they're short the Yankees right now. Their offense is on clicking all cylinders, but – they're gonna need a starter. I think they're gonna need another starter, but but yeah, to see them that last was startling. So that's my inside of number this week. Very good then. So um but yeah, that's a, like that chart, Chris, is it's quite intimidating for somebody who may be for somebody who's who may be new to that. So
1: Yeah, it it's you know, it's best to uh, consult consult your friends. Yeah. Who are nerds for this sort of thing. Yeah, so if you, a, if you know a it, nerd, it, it, it's yeah. helpful. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely! And or, it's uh, a,
1: you come to Tiger's minor league report, and uh, yeah. we'll explain it to. You. Oh, there you
0: go. Well, that's crazy. There, <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, no. And and getting back to really the only other thing I wanted to get to before we get to the good, bad, and ugly, and our the the haikus really was what Nick Castellanos was talking about the the ballpark and uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah. So because I was <laughs> releasing your tweet, that's what I was kind of setting you up for. And I mean, he this is his comments this is after Sunday's g- afternoon's game where he says, "quote." This part's a joke. It's to the point where how are we going to compare to the rest of the people in the league in terms of power numbers, OPS, slugging and all that stuff. When you have a yard out there, that's 420 feet straight across center field. And Chris, your tweet was pretty gold. As you pointed out, his numbers between home and away. Um, but Fake wrote a piece of why he thought that the, the Tigers should uh, really kind of um, – you know, move it back or do something for it, but there are some numbers that indicate it otherwise.
1: Yeah, I didn't, you know what, I didn't see in piece, I'd like to read that. But uh, you've done it again, Roger. What's that? That was, uh, that right there was in my good, bad, and ugly. Okay, well then, well, that, we, that
0: topic. so you know what, hey, I'll I'll cue the music right now, so let's go right into the good, and bad, and ugly. <laughs>
1: Once again. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not my good, I'll tell you that. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my, my good is that the, the report today is apparently that the Giants are no longer, so the second week in a row I've done the Giants, but they're no longer selling, apparently. And really? They might actually buy. There was a story that they actually had scouts in looking at Matthew Boyd, um, which, you know, it, it's, uh, the, I, I consider that good because it takes Madison Bumgarner, theoretically, I'm still skeptical but it theoretically takes Madison Bumgarner off the market and relievers like Will Smith and Sam Dyson off the market. And that can only potentially benefit the Tigers really. Uh, now, if you want, if you want a lefty starter and Bumgarner's off the, off the table, you basically have to look at Robbie Ray, who, you know, former Tiger, Robbie Ray, who's got, you know, good stuff, but he walks a ton of people. And that's just kind of scary. If you're, if you're trying to get somebody to help you now and in the playoffs, it's got to be a little bit scary that he might completely lose control and have to come out in like the second inning. Um, and then there's Mike Miner, who's having a fantastic year by the traditional numbers, but his underlying numbers aren't all that impressive. In fact, they're worse than Matthew Boyd, who would be the other option. So now, uh, and you could argue before that Boyd was the the best option, no matter what, but uh, yeah, with Bummer off the table, I think that, that, might uh, help the Tigers a little bit and same with uh, Shane Green you know he's not it's not like suddenly he's the best reliever on the market but he's you know one of the the more I guess experienced relievers on the market and with those other guys off it's uh yeah this could be work, this could work out well for the Tigers of course they still have to execute it and we'll see what happens but uh, that's that and my bad and here we go my bad is all this Comerica Park talk again um, <laughs> And the whole thing, just the whole thing annoys me. And no disrespect to our friend, Len Henning, who has been talking about this for years and years. And I, you know, I don't know if it's his own personal uh, crusade or, yeah. if he, or if he's just voicing the opinion of the players for this long. But, uh, and, and like I said, you, you, you referenced that tweet I said about Castaneda. And it, and it is important. You know, sometimes just assholes like me think they can look at the numbers and, and <laughs> figure everything out. And we're not the ones down there in the field playing the game. And players see a ton of stuff. Uh, but sometimes that sort of that familiarity keeps you... It's a kind of a forest for the trees sort of thing where you might not see the bigger picture. And, yeah, it's it's so easy to see when you hit a ball super hard and far and it gets caught. And, and you feel like it should have been a homer. Um, but it's a lot harder to see the the kind of hidden benefits of Comerica Park, and all the stats, all the stats over the years show that it plays completely like neutral. It's Yes, it steals home runs, but all the extra doubles and triples and the the batter's eye, which people think is what helps batters hit so well there, makes it a, a, a pretty good, fair park. I looked at the number of home runs since 2008, basically when Cabrera showed up, and like, I think Tigers pitchers have given up the 14th most home runs or 15th most home runs over that time. And Tigers hitters have hit, this is at home, hit like the 14th or 15th most. So it's just like dead even, despite what people might think. Guys can still hit hit home runs there. Uh, there's nothing that says you have to hit the ball to the gaps. You know, Brian Dozier made a pretty good career there for a couple of years of just pulling the ball over the fence. You, you could do that. It's allowed. And the, the corners in Comerica are just fine. But yeah, I mean, you time and time again, the stats, you mentioned Castellanos, his uh, his career uh, WRC plus on the road is 105, but it's 116 at home. He's, he's an 11% better hitter at home <laughs> overall. Uh, Cabrera, his career WRC plus on the road as a Tiger is 140. He's like a career 303 hitter on the road. At home, it's 161. He's a 21% better hitter. Now, I, I haven't looked at all the numbers, and I'm sure on average, guys hit better at home anyway, just because of familiarity and being home and sleeping in their own bed and all that good stuff. But, like, yeah, they're, all the stats, other than home runs, show that the players are better and more productive at Comerica than they are on the road. So the complaints just kind of they ring hollow with me. Now, I do understand, and Castellanos pointed this out, he said, uh, but he said he said that it apparently affects what kind of money they get in arbitration, which that's not a stadium problem. That's a problem of arbitration being stupid, really. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I do hate that for for the players. I hate that, that that it might actually screw them because Castellanos has like 20 more home runs on the road in his career than he doesn't at home. But uh, as I said, I hate everything about this. I also hate the way when he said that, like all the fan comments were like, I knew it was just about the money. Screw you. Take off. Oh, yeah. It's like. It's like, oh, come on. Like, like every one of us in the world hasn't complained about getting as much money as we think we deserve. It, it's, you
0: know, come on. And, the, n- uh, the narrative is so overplayed and so tiresome, too, is these these guys are too spoiled or soft. Like, get the hell out of here, mister. I go to jobby. I'm the one on the boat going to jobby nooner, drinking a six-pack of Bud Light, expecting.
1: Jobby dinner.
0: Yeah, like, you know, like some sort of, like, asshole out there saying that, like. Or
1: you know, or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, fans pay for you know this stuff, but it's yeah, it's it's just it's dumb. I I think Nick Castellanos would have loved to stay here. Despite the park, I think basically he knows he's going, so he doesn't care what people think now, and he's, he's saying stuff out loud, which yeah. is fine. Um, but and the last thing I'll say about this is. Uh, you know, it, it seems like maybe a bad time to discuss moving the fences in, seeing as they're doing this rebuild based almost entirely on pitching. So, so, right, well, <laughs> yeah, so let's bring Mize and Manning and Fayo and Burroughs and Funkhauser and Scoople. Let's bring them all up and move the fence in 400 feet. We'll see what happens. Oh, you keep, keep the same batting eye so hitters can see the ball like crazy, and, and we'll have some fun. It'll be East or uh, <laughs> Coors Field East. Well, it's
0: funny, too, you you bring that up the real quick before we get to your ugly, Chris. Is like, for example, everybody was talking about how Tyler Alexander had the most luckiest start because, I mean, Toronto was hitting the ball hard, a lot of 400-out flyouts. That's fine, but that's the intention of Comerica Park. So people are going to even bitch about that. It's like, you can't win. And Alexander still, the jury's still out. He was going to be pitching Sunday in Seattle, but that was even a little bit of over-analytic behavior on the fans' part, too, that just go we'll just, just get lucky out there. Well, I mean, he sh- uh, sh- he was able to put down a team that went to town the night before. I mean, Norris was doing okay before the rain delay, but Toronto was just rocketed, it. It all rockets.
1: Yeah, it, it's – and people talk about this. I don't know if they talk about it. And, like, you hear about other sports, like, oh, we had to play in that too. Like, it's when you play in bad weather or whatever. It's the same thing with the stadium. Yeah yeah you, know, you, you they have to play here too right our pitchers get to pitch here too it's it's gonna even out I understand that hitters don't like it um but I mean you would, you would hope that pitchers would flock here but whatever it's uh yeah it's the whole thing's just tired and uh, yeah my ugly kind of goes into that whole rebuilding with pitching thing uh, in the last week or so we've seen, Three pretty prominent injuries to young starting pitchers. Jamison Tyon of the Pirates. He's been out since May 1st. The news just came out that, uh, you know, he was trying to rehab his elbow. He had forearm tightness earlier in the year. He was trying to rehab it. Just the forearm tightness just came back. So the suspicion now is that he's going to have to have surgery. And you remember, Jamison Tyon was the second overall pick in the 2010 draft between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. He's still just 27, but he's had, you know, two, two, Pretty darn good years, but that's about it. And it's just like, oh, boy, I mean, that's a huge investment. And in, compared to what Harper and Machado have done, it's uh it's disturbing. And then you, you have Blake Snell, last year's Cy Young winner. He's off to the uh, injured list with getting loose bodies removed in his elbow. Ugh. And he, he had shoulder fatigue last year. Uh, and then you have Brandon Woodruff, who was kind of a breakout star uh, in the middle. You know, in the middle of his first really full season there in Milwaukee. 375 ERA with a 3.10 FIP, three war. He's now out for six weeks with an oblique strain. And, you know, in a sense, again, this could be good news for the Tigers because two of those guys are on contending teams. But this is, it's just another example of, you know, building around pitching. It's very risky. We've seen it ourselves with Fulmer and Norris. And uh, you see it time and time again young pitchers. They go out there. They might be good, but they can't stay healthy. And you know, it's it's not enough. I, I think the Tigers know it's not enough to just do the pitching. That's why they're trying to ask for Gleyber Torres and deals. They what they need impact talent because they don't have it. But yeah, I mean, building after pitching, you, you it's very dangerous. You need depth. You need to be smart. You need to have good offense. You need to have good defense. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot more to it. And I don't know. It's ugly when you see these young guys get hurt.
0: Yeah, especially Blake Snell. He's they. I saw a report. It said I think September that he might be back. And right now with the Yankees, I mean the Yankees right now too. are they just got another injury. Brett Gardner's gonna be on the IL for ten days. And they're I mean, you, we mentioned earlier they're getting shelled by the Red Sox. And if they make a p- move for pitching, this is the time for them to do it. And Brian Cashman has said are any prospects available to sell. So. Who knows what's going to happen from there, from here on out for that? But uh, it's the time for them to make a move. And if the Red Sox, I mean, I don't know what the Red Sox are able to offer anybody at this point. But uh, for the Rays, this is trouble for them, and, and they need all the pitching help they can get.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they have basically what, the, what they have two starters now. Charlie Morton is Yanni Torino's a starter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's um, it.
1: But I you mean, know, they went through this last year with losing all these starters. Brett Honeywell, another one of their young starters. Uh, got, well, he had Tommy John surgery and then re-broke, or he broke the elbow. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's kind of rare, but it's just, yeah, it's another example. It can be really, really tough to win like this. Now, it, you know, if it works out, it's great. You have a homegrown rotation that uh, takes you to the playoffs year after year, and you can go and trade for bats and stuff like that, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I think pitchers tend to get injured a little bit more than position players, and their injuries tend to be a lot more severe. You know, they're out for a lot longer, and it's half of the game, so or at least uh, run prevention is half the game.
0: Yeah, and and, they, the, and they're they're ten back right now of uh, New York, so they yeah, can... I
1: mean it, they're it, they're in danger of getting passed for the wild card. It, it, that's certainly a possibility with with Snowdon. Yeah and you and you mentioned
0: Milwaukee earlier and we mentioned this last week with the podcast with Stacy of how how razor thin the wild card races in the NL right now they're one and a half they're sitting at one and a half back right now of the Cubs and Cardinals who are or I believe I'm sorry it's the uh oh no, it's the Nationals and the Cardinals who have the two wild card spots there right now so it's I'm sorry. No, you know what? I'm I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. It's the no. it's, it's
1: Cardinals and Philly. I'm sorry. Well, I, no, I mean you don't. It's it's super close. It, it could be changing in ten minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it is the national.
0: It is the Nationals and the Cardinals. I, okay, I'm looking at that all weird. I'm sorry. I'm just fatigue is setting in, ladies and gentlemen, for me. It, so
1: yeah, it's it's just uh, I, I don't know. It for for teams like like the Brewers, this could be like this could end their season, effectively, an injury like that. And, yeah. and part of that is it's their fault for not having the depth, but it's hard to build. And, and maybe you could argue that the Tigers are building enough pitching depth that, that they should be okay, but I would ah, not argue that because yeah. <laughs> you give me 10 pitching prospects and maybe two, three work out. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're signing Jake Thompson, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my good and bad ugly is AL Central-themed been watching a lot of, like I was watching the Yankees and Twins series uh, the last couple days just because I'm intrigued by, t- really, the Twins. I'm just intrigued by both, both those teams when Tigers are not playing. And the good this week I want to mention is Nelson Cruz, who, according to stats, he's the oldest player in Major League history to hit six-plus home runs in a four-game span, uh, so surpassing Barry Bonds, who did seven four games in 2001 at the age of 36. And he's got 25 in the season. And he's a big reason why that, I mean, it's a one-year, $14.3 million contract, well worth it. And he's been giving the Twins a much-needed boost. And the Twins have gotten injuries, too. But I saw that Brian Buxton came back, I believe, today. So that's good news for them as they come off a series against the Yankees where that leads into my bad. And their bullpen has been just disastrous. Blake Parker was designated for assignment. Um, They also sent... Cole Stewart, who um, we joked around about the Tigers for trade bait uh, back to Triple H Rochester and Devin uh, Smelter and friend of the show, Carlos Torres, who followed me for a minute before he got re- dropped by the Tigers, was called up. So um, Smelter and Torres will go right in the bullpen. And Parker, the thing about disappointing has been with him. And he was he was signed a one-year deal and He's been the fourth guy, the fourth reliever the Twins have dumped in the last couple weeks. And Matt McGill and Mike Morland were traded. And the, the stat that stood out to me a little bit, this was an eye-popping one. The bullpen in the last seven games has allowed 32 runs, 25 earned in 26 innings. So, yeah. and, and, and it, 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 you, you mentioned this too, Chris, how much... Brown the Indians are making up right now. They're only they're only two and a half. They're only two games back.
1: Oh God, yeah. That that's. I mean, I think we wrote them off, or at least I did. Yeah. Like we don't, six, uh, six eight yeah. weeks ago, and uh, yeah, it's looking rough. They definitely need some help. I mean, they were playing some entertaining, high scoring games against the Yankees, but I'm sure they would have rather won than played entertaining games. Um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, and it's certainly possible, the Tigers could end up trading, Green. And Farmer and Rosenthal to them, or something like that. You know, it uh, it's it's getting dire over there. And Devin Smelter, Smelter, I think they got him from the Dodgers. In that, I, you know, I mentioned Brian Dozier. I think they got him in Brian Dozier trade. But I would, I would desperately like him to get traded to the Yankees or the Mets, so he could be a New York Smelter.
0: <laughs> sounds like a oh, it oh, uh, sounds like a name. It does sound like a name you hear on Seinfeld too. Um. Hello, I just remember New right. York Seltzer
1: from when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, the the they had the the green label, that cool lettering. I always liked the lettering on it. It was like really yeah. distinctive. And then I always remember it being at the more expensive party stores, and I would ask my dad or my mom. I remember a specific, I specifically asked my mom, and she just looked at me. and She goes, she says in Spanish, she goes, "It's water, no." And I'm like, "Well, it looks no, fa- no, it was, no, it's green. It's it's got the cool green, you know, the little checkered on the on the top of it, you know." And she's yeah. like, "Nah, nah, So like, okay?" C- and then I like, no. said, said, "No, no, rojillo, porque tú no que tú, porque tú que tú maritaba, conyo tú, botamarre, conyo, cáete ya, okay, conyo, so, yeah, cono. that was her favorite swear word. My mom's favorite go-to word, conyo rojillo, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, that's your Spanish lesson for anybody out there listening. So look up Coño sometime, and <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh, the, the the stat I heard about the Indians before I get to the ugly. That I heard on that Kirk Gibson podcast, or I heard what Kirk Gibson was a guest on, and this could be the big. And I looked it up too. The Indians have one of the best defensive outfielders out there, and we, you and I, during the off season, talked about how we thought the Indians should make a move to get, you know, perhaps get Adam Jones or some of the shore up. That they, we looked at the depth chart. There was nobody, but they've been able to defensively quietly put it together. And Tyler Nyguen and right field has, he's found a home. And that's been a big help for him.
1: Yeah. And uh, Oscar Mercado ended up being, he was kind of a middling prospect. He was a guy who was a shortstop, I think, and wasn't hitting. And then he moved to the outfield for the Cardinals and had a big bump, but nobody really thought, you know, thought maybe he was a fourth outfielder. And he's gone out there and he's been really good for them. And, and, yeah. And Jordan Luplo, I think came from out of nowhere, it seemed like, so. Yeah, it's it's strange how some teams can just fix things in the middle of the season. Yeah, seems like the Giants and the, the Indians. But uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean it's three. I mean the thing is too, with all they're gonna need all the the home runs they can get. I mean Nelson Cruz with three helped them tonight. But the uh, Twins are gonna need to address that bullpen. And my ugly this week, unfortunately, is Tiger related. And I've uh, tried my hardest to steer away from this a little bit. Um, but the numbers are in terms of even, and it's funny too because we talked about him quite a bit in June, and everybody was saying, "Oh, you know, leave him alone, what have you." But Miguel Cabrera hits our ugly this evening, Jeez. and uh, it's not looking good. Before the All Star Game, he pre All Star Game 304, five home runs. 30, the the power wasn't, I mean, the power hasn't wasn't there. But since the All Star break, since I mean, it's like just it's. Essentially, he is three for his last 36. He's got one double, one RBI. He has struck out nine times, only walked once, batting a nice uh, 0.83 with a uh, on-base percentage of 132 and a slugging percentage of 111. His OPS is 243. And you can blame maybe lack of runner. You can blame whatever, but he has. He's looked bad, and and I was trying to I was trying to think of like okay, well, what is it about him that makes it like okay, what's what's going on here? And his velocity, his exit velocity, Chris, mm-hmm. is down from last year. It was at ninety four point four, is now at ninety point
1: two. His launch yeah, angle—that's that, absolutely drastic.
0: Yeah, and his, his launch angle, Chris. I mean, it's it's gone up. It was a seven point three last year, but it's twelve point four. But in terms of hard hit balls, Chris, this is where another this is kind of an alarming rate right here. Last year he was at fifty-four percent. Right now he's he's down to forty-four percent. His K ratio is up by four percent. He's from sixteen point seven to twenty point five right now. His walks are down from this is another one too that's drastic, Chris. Fourteen percent last year to just eight
1: percent. Yeah, uh, by by F. War. He's the fourth worst player in regular in baseball this year. Just just behind a Kristen Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> he's the fifth worst regular. His uh, I'm looking. So he's a 90 WRC plus Miguel Cabrera. His isolated power. I think we talked about this earlier this year. Is .80. Yeah. Is that right? That yeah, that's right. Yeah. No. No. Uh, oh wait. Let me no. see. .88, Which is. Oh okay. I read that wrong then. The fourth worst in baseball. Ahead of only Yolmer Sanchez, Ooh. Joe Panic, and Miguel Rojas. So three super light-hitting infielders, then Miguel Cabrera. It's, uh, yeah, and he's behind Lori Garcia, another light-hitting infielder, and behind Jose Iglesias. Ooh. And Hanser Alberto. Like, all the other people on this list are light-hitting infielders other than Adam Eaton and, and Lorenzo Cain. So... Yeah, I mean it's sad. This, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know one of the great hitters of all time, and and it's just gone off a cliff. Just, In his it, last three years, he's played uh, looks like 260 games over his last three seasons, and been worth a combined 0.2 WAR. Harold Castro's got a better
0: uh, WRC yeah. plus right now than Miguel Cabrera. So that's going to help the narrative out there. Oh, oh you know, Harold you no know, the hustle player. You know, he's a he's hard-hitting. This is the kind of t- player's a tiger's knee. That narrative is going to be existing out there, and that's going to make me sick. But, uh, again, nothing against Harold Castro, nothing like that. But uh, the decline is sharp. So that was – unfortunately, I didn't really
1: want to do, go there, Chris, but uh, it is what it is. So No, I mean, it, it really sucks. You've got two – I mean, I talked about Zimmerman you talk about Cabrera these are two of the absolute worst contracts in baseball. At least Zimmerman's done next year after next year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it it sucks, I mean we always knew that he was going to they they probably you know weren't going to get great production at the end of the contracts, but it sucks to see it see it so starkly. Yeah.
0: And uh that's our good and bad ugly for the week. But uh Chris there's so this week, we're giving away, as part of joining the Tiger Minor League Report, getting that launched in celebration of the launch, we're giving away two shirts. So, we're giving away the I 75, the. <laughs> here we go. Our uh, Toledo Mud Hens podcast. If you want to check that out. We have a really cool red shirt that we have. And we also have our own Tigers SRD shirt that you can have. And we, all we were asking is that you simply follow us and. We'll do these first then we'll get to the questions cuz I wanted to change it up a little bit cuz I've been waiting to read yeah. these uh haikus. <laughs> um so I want I'm going I'm to read them all and I think between the two of us we're going to we're going to pick a winner. So at Steve B 5 uh, 5477 this is his haiku. And you know what? Let me I'm going to queue up some cool music. Ha- so haiku music. yeah, haiku music. And by the way, Sherry, who is a um New follower, um, also gave us a couple, and she was like, "I don't care if I win or not, it's fine." And she just participating in it. So, um, without further ado, I have some Japanese, according of this beautiful Japanese music. So, the Tigers Haiku. I'll start
1: this one. Chris, do you have any queued up? I got, I got one queued up. So, I, I've got the the uh, eight or nine. I'm looking at the eight or nine that were. Uh, mentioned in the original post. I think you got three or four on the retweet. Okay, all so. right. Here, let me go with uh, Steve
0: Butts here. All right, Guardy's getting tossed. Oh no, Sump's taking the mound. Or seasons nutshell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, in the, in the original one, Steve Butts he did another one. He said Nicholas blasts off with both his bat and his mouth. His days are numbered. <laughs> Which I think is outstanding. That's that's tap- topical. And,
0: and funny, yeah. That one, I, that one's in,
1: that's in the clubhouse. That's
0: the one, the yeah. leader. That's the one the leader. By the way, just for a point of reference, where I got this idea from. If you're familiar with Detroit talk radio, Sean Belisian from Eleven Thirty, and he's worked at all over Detroit radio. Used to do lions haikus, and I got that idea from that because I it was one of my favorite bits. And he actually replied back when I tagged him on Twitter, and he laughed. So, um, so here's here's Kyle uh, at at K uh, underscore Walt. Walt Nation 3 Al's a problem Park Meadows is bunting I have lost all hope <laughs> <laughs> Again, very topical and well done
1: Good Yeah um, I'll go with you- Youper uh, he's a Garden Hire on Xanax The D is for dregs <laughs> Turtles and looms Now uh, Yeah, again It's terrific I will point out again the Tigers are not going to take Spencer Torkelson first or second, possibly second overall if, if the Orioles retake the first pick. But Spencer Torkelson is a right-handed hitting, right-handed throwing first baseman who most people think is not quite as good as Andrew Vaughn. So I don't think he's going first overall. But whatever. He was still a good haiku.
0: Yes. And here's one at uh, Ryan uh, Sheedy at R- rynshe S H E seventeen. Making excuses won't do you to the fans. Just play better, please. That's solid. That's solid. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, Jed used a haiku generator, which is <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Horrendous flavor of what useless Tigers plays above the baseball. It's abstract, <laughs> but I can dig it.
0: Yeah, I can dig that one. Uh, at, uh, Terry Neumar, Terry A. Newmar, who is our photographer for Tiger Minor League Report, she chimed in with this. I'm not the in one, but this is fun. Minor league baseball, hen seat wolves and white caps, flying tigers rock. All right, I yeah, give to it it, that
1: enthusiasm. We like that. It, 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 it's it's unlike most of the other ones we got.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: hard hard nineties. Who I I don't know. This was an interesting one. So terrible now. Oh, but don't you remember Verlander, Scherzer? So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. You said the Dave Block one, right? Did you say that one or?
1: I, I didn't know. Okay.
0: Okay. So at uh, Super Dave TC. Glory days are gone. Can't hit, can't pitch, can't play D, yet Al gets more term. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's again, they is topical and well done. Yeah. Uh, and then Mamba, Michigan. Michigan Mamba said Toledo Tigers. Could we not play any worse before Sparky rolls over?
0: <laughs> this one's a good one, too. This is at Mark at underscore argument man I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to say. I'm sorry if I said your name incorrectly. Chevrolet, Dodge, Ford. Detroit does dreamer. Detroit doers and dreamers. Your ball club is junk. Yeah, Detroit
1: yeah. doers and dreamers. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't see the. other. I can't find the other thread for it. But
0: oh, uh, I got, a, I got another one for you. De- at um, De- at Devin, ba- uh, at Devin Babcock. Is the future good? We can only hope because today is ugly. Oh, that's that's good. I like that one. Uh, Sherry, here's the one from Sherry. Always will be a Tiger fan, no matter what, rain or summer shine. Even when they're losers. So that, that, well, maybe it's an under technically a haiku, if you will. But I still. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: does that, I was like, is that a limerick? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. There once was a man from Toledo. <laughs> Like a man from France. Um, did you see the uh, at uh, Hermie at Herma Pro? I love my tigers, but the play is less than par, so it is the My show. So is the so is the Mize show? So it's the My show. is the Casey Mize. Huh. Oh, all right. interesting. So, all right. Well, you know, Chris. I mean, we got to pick two winners here. So I, I don't know who's your clubhouse favorite.
1: Well, I, I yeah, I, mean, I, I did like that original from from Steve Butts. The, yeah. Uh, Nicholas blasted off with both his bat and his mouth. His days are numbered. Um, just yeah, it seemed good. So I, I would I would throw my uh, my hat for that one. It's tough to pick the rest of them though.
0: Yeah, you know what, um, man, yeah. Steve okay, so Steve gets one for sure. Steve Butts definitely yeah. gets he one. He
1: give us two of them, so yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what, hard nineties. I don't know. Like I like the hard nineties one. That was pretty good too. Man, you know what? That...
1: I liked I like the Mamba one about Sparky rolling over.
0: Yeah. The, uh... This is a tough choice, my friend. Yeah. I mean, even it youper, I, I like nice. I like youpers
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough.
0: All right. Yeah, I do like, yeah, I do okay. So, all right. Whew. So I decided, Chris. Okay, so you 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 picked Steve Butts for sure. I got I, I got to make this other decision. Oh man, I, you know what, man? I, I got okay. You know what? I got to give the Michigan Mamba honestly. Yeah, I I support this decision. All right, and you know what? Just because, okay, you know what? Honestly, and I feel generous. I'm gonna give away a third shirt. Because I'm that I'm that guy. Because first, first and foremost, I really I really like the response from this, and it was really awesome. Um, and then my third one is going to be, you know what? Uper, the other one, Uper. Uper.
1: Yeah, Uper. So, okay, yeah. Next, the day is for Greg Torkelson Looms.
0: Yep. All right. So congratulations to everyone who turned it in. It was awesome. Seattle's now up five one as I literally just looked up
1: to check the score, and they had a bit, right, Well, whatever. Yeah, Nico Goodrum made an error at second base on a potential double play. He tried to tag the runner and then couldn't, and then tried to throw to first and dropped the ball. And then did <sighs> Tim Tim Beckham hit a grand slam? Tim ba- I believe <laughs> they have it all like five minutes. We're doing that segment. Holy! With a solid, uh, solid bat flip, he kind of uh, he didn't like throw it. He just kind of flipped it in place there at, at uh, in the batter's box. It was solid. That's oh a good one. man! I mean, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: This is what yeah, this is what we expected. That the tank is out in full first, and so it's
1: it, it through uh, through three with uh, down five one. I think it was a John Hicks hit the home run for the Tigers, but uh, which All
0: right, does let's, bring us to questions. questions. Yeah, we got plenty. Of, we got some one, good questions this week too.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if you had any other ones, but I got uh, we got one from Kyle Walney, who was also participated in the uh, in the. Haiku contest, and he had a good one. Now's a problem. Parker Meadows is punting. I have lost all hope. Um, <laughs> that shows a good awareness of what's going on in the minors. Uh, he said, What's the logic behind Hicks and Wilson doing the catching with a combined batting average of 250? I'm not sure if Rodgers is on the 40 man, but am I crazy for thinking he should be learning regular with regular reps up here? Um, no, first of all, batting average, who cares? But um, yeah, the, I, he's not crazy at all. Uh, Rodgers is not on the 40 man, uh, he will be. <laughs> <laughs> if not uh, by December, probably next month. Then it's not crazy at all to think you should be getting some reps with the major league pitchers.
0: Not to mention you—you I mean, yeah. mentioned uh, Chris said, that John Hicks was the worst batter in June in all of Major League Baseball. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. What was that? Yeah, that was he—he he, uh, heated up immediately after I said that. But yeah, he was—he uh, was pretty awful. Uh, and. I haven't checked to see his stats if he's any better now, but you know he's just keeping the spot warm. He and Wilson are just there waiting for Jake Rogers. I don't know exactly. I, I would assume that the Tigers aren't playing service time games with Jake Rogers, and and but I don't really know what the holdup is. And maybe we'll see after the trade deadline that, that there'll be a spot on the forty man and they'll bring him up, but. Yeah, it, it, we've been talking about it for most of the year, really. Like, yeah, just bring him up. What, you know, get him used to the stadiums, used to Major League pitching. He's not, he's not going to hit for average. The, he never will. We've talked about that. He's gonna, he might hit 190 or 210, and he might hit you double digit home runs and walk a little bit and play plus or better at defense. That's what you're going to get. I don't think another 20 games in Toledo is going to change that. So I would bring him up, but again, you know, we don't know what the Tigers are, are thinking here. Maybe there's a very specific thing they want him to work on that he's not doing. So they're keeping him down there. It's tough to know.
0: Well, if to answer John Cook's question, he's just as bad as he was in Jul- June as July. I mean, he's he's heated up, Chris, into a a nice uh, from going from one. I mean, in terms of looking at uh, base percentage, he's gone up from one twenty seven to two o seven. There you go. I mean, it's oh. looking. Slugger percentage is up. Points. Yeah, there you go. Slugger percentage is up almost uh, over 120 points from a 167 to two, 286. There you go. And his uh, op is on base percent or his OPS has gone from 294 in the month of June to 493. So he has yeah, gotten by, yeah, by, yeah,
1: cool. uh, yeah. By war, he is the worst player on the Tigers. Uh, uh-huh. Negative one. So that's with a positive <laughs> defensive rating. Which you just basically every catcher gets, so not uh, not good. The yeah. second worst player on the Tigers, Gregorius Greiner. <sighs> you know, I can't believe. Like, I came into this year thinking the offense would be better than last year and the pitching would be worse, and boy, it sucks to be so wrong. Yeah, it's so incredibly wrong, <laughs> just clueless.
0: So, it's, it's strikeout ratio too is what's disturbing me about John Hicks is that thirty-two percent clip
1: right now, thirty-two yeah, well, percent. Mean, <laughs> He has never been a guy who walks. This is always he was a guy who who kind of succeeded despite that. A little but success is is kind of you know relative. But he was hitting the ball hard when he could hit it. But I don't think people throw him strikes anymore. And so yeah, he, that's yeah. And then Wilson, I mean Bobby Wilson is you know he's a veteran catcher he's hitting under 100 with uh, no power and very little in the way of walks, but he's, you know, he's there to lead the pitching staff. I, I, I think I mentioned when I was talking about how bad Hicks was like, I don't see why you can't bring Rogers up and have him kind of hang out with Wilson. Wilson, who's been there and seen everything. He's probably going to be a manager someday. Like you know, that, that I mean, he was, I, I don't know if they overlapped in Toledo much. They probably did, but you know, get them together in the big leagues. And I, I I assume that Hicks, I don't know if he has options or not, but at this point it's not a big deal if he doesn't. Right. He's probably going to clear waivers, and if he doesn't, then a tough break. Thanks for your service. So.
0: Yeah, and then the other the other question that was from Nick was uh, I'll read this question, and I'll um, also do you guys think that Ian Happ from the Cubs is being called up today to to showcase him for a few games before being shipped to the Tigers for a potential Cassiano's deal? That's a good question. Chris, uh, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts
1: about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the Tigers would need a showcase from him. I'm sure they they were scouting him in, uh, what yeah. is it, Iowa? Where's the Cubs Triple A. Yeah, you know?
0: the Iowa. And then maybe, yeah, wasn't he around the same time, too, where, where Paredes was, too, in South? Like, were they around the same time? I'm, I'm sure they have some familiarity with him already.
1: It's possible. Well, yeah, I and mean, he spent a year and a half in the majors, so yeah. you would hope that. I mean, their pro scouts have have multiple reports on him. So it's entirely possible that the Cubs want to bring him up just to say, like, hey, yeah, he can still do okay in the majors. He's not – I mean, he had, he had a lot of promise. He was one of the better college hitters in the draft that he came out in. But he's just kind of a, a high strikeout, relatively high walk guy who hits for some power but a low average. It's He would be – Probably one of the better players on the Tigers, but uh, yeah, I, I think we mentioned it earlier. I think the, the Cubs are, are trying to win, and their infield situation isn't necessarily great. I think what Bryant got hurt, like he's not probably not going to go on the IL, but I think he came out of the game the other day. Rizzo got uh, ejected. They sent Addison Russell down to AAA. Javi Baez is good, but uh, and I mentioned the other like. Other guy getting time is Robel Garcia, I think that's his name.
0: Yeah, Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah, Carl Edwards Jr. too got sent down or designated for assignment, I believe it was. Uh, they
1: they get designated?
0: Yeah, I Carl. Um, let me let me double, let me triple check that, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw Carl Edwards Jr. getting either sent back down or designated for assignment. I'm trying to let me figure that out real quick. Um, yeah, no, he's been demoted. Uh, he's been demoted, so he's back down to
1: Iowa. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so that the the Cubs are searching for. Guys who can help them out in the infield. You mentioned before that their second base has been one of the worst positions in baseball. I guess. Yeah, two eleven. They're getting two eleven from that position. So, yeah, I think it's it's probably just like they need help. They won't. They wouldn't mind trading them. I, I don't think if it gets them somebody a bat that they can use. But I don't think it's necessarily like dangling it in front of the Tigers' face. Yeah. Um, and, and Nick's other question was it's sort of similar. It was basically the Willie Castro version of the Jake Rogers question. It was, uh, what did he say exactly? He said, it might be a stretch, but do you guys think the Tigers should call up Willie Castro and let him figure out his defense at the big league level, similar to Marcus Simeon? I actually I'm actually like... not sure if he will be as great as Simeon is now, but the bat is clearly too good to let Rotten Toledo. Yeah, and
0: I I wouldn't mind that, but real quick to get back to Ian Happ, real quick I don't, I don't want nothing to do with Ian Happ. He struck out. He's at thirty three percent clip, and I know a lot of people were like getting excited about it, but I I think he fits the motif of what every Tiger hitter is now, which is high strikeouts,
1: little walks, and I don't know. It, well, he he walks. He uh, what fifteen uh, percent walk rate last year it was a thirty six percent strikeout though. <laughs> so yeah, I mean yeah, he, he was he was basically going Adam Dunn. Um, while playing below average defense. They, he came up that first year, hit 24 home runs at 250, walked about 9% strikeout 31%. So yeah, I mean it, the strikeouts would be a big concern with him. He's not going to be a hitter for high average. It's, it's a question of whether you could find a good, like I, I would think the tigers would just park him in right field and let him play there. And he might be a, a decent overall defender in right field and he's got the power for it. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him at all in a deal, but I, I wouldn't, like, get super excited about it. You know, there's, there's a reason the Cubs sent him down to Triple A.
0: But as you were about Willie Cross. sorry, I just wanted to kind of throw it in there real quick but before we move on. But I, I would be supportive of Castro only because right now the Tigers are really essentially putting Mercer out there because they paid him money. I mean, he's the... They take away a batch from Nico Goodrum, but if at this point... What are you going to do? Are you going to put Mercer, I mean, put him on the bench for a season and see what Willie Castro will do? I would be totally supportive of that and see what he's capable of at a major league level and see if he can. It's Brandon Dixon struck out. That was an ugly strikeout. What the hell? LeBlanc just literally threw like this looper curve in, and Dixon looked foolish. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. My ADD kicked in there.
1: No, I, and I think we've discussed this about Willie Castro several times this year, and he's on the 40-man already, so you don't have to make any particular moves. But he's a guy that I think they like a lot and, and a guy that they probably do want to manipulate his service time, just in case. I think that might be a little bit uh, silly because he's probably more of a... I mean, he could be a, a, an everyday regular, probably a second-division regular, but he's probably more of a, a utility guy, ultimately. I don't think, as Nick said, I don't think the bat... He said what well, the bat is too good to rot And Toledo. I don't think that's really the case. I mean, he's got some offensive potential and he's raised his walk rate this year, but I think with him it's more like the totality of five kind of average-ish tools. Fringe average, solid average, you know, in that range. And you hope that, that he can figure it all out. It, but in that case, and we've talked about this before, that the defense does seem to be a legitimate issue. He's made a lot of throwing errors this year. That one game he had he, two almost identical plays where he was charging in on a ball and came up and threw the ball into the stands like Rick Vaughn hitting the, hitting the backstop nucle hitting the mascot like this was not this is a trouble throw yeah so, and remember he, he's got work to do but I guess to to his point he the the Nick knows that he said do you think it's better to just let him work out his defensive issues in the majors Um and I, it might be. Because in most the majority of the time Chris is like it's usually the routine play he
0: screws up. It's not it's not like the like super difficult. It's like the like the even watching him in Mudheads games who boot a ball that anybody else could grab. And you and I talked about this in the Mudheads podcast. It might be a little bit mental mental thing. Maybe come out to the majors, having somebody come out there and give him some proper instruction. I mean, not to say he's not getting instructions to don't get me wrong. But I remember you distinctively saying that it's just it's a routine. And watching enough Munhens games recently, I feel like it's just it's routine things that he's getting me- messing up on.
1: Yeah, and and I, you know, I, I don't think it really should matter that much. Like it is, it is kind of interesting. I, I think it's mostly in his case. It's it's mostly uh, service time stuff because they're they are willing to accept mediocre to bad play in, in any number of other areas we talked about Zimmerman I mean there's a contract issue there but like yeah they don't seem to mind other guys performing poorly so I, I don't think it's necessarily that big of a deal but you do have to you have to balance with what you've got some not necessarily veteran starting pitchers but Starting pitchers who've been here, and and if you, you put a defense behind them, that's just going to be terrible, or commit all sorts of errors, you're going to frustrate them and all that stuff. So you have to balance that. But I wouldn't have any issue if they brought him up and just said, yeah, sink or swim, make your errors up here, get better for it. So, but I, I do think, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the age thing with him. I think I think we'll see, <laughs> we'll magically see Castro in like May of next year. <laughs> It's gonna be so. Oh, yeah, he's ready. He's you know after making seven errors in, in April. Yep, he's ready. Like, all oh right. yeah, look, look at the service time. Oh, it's crazy. It Looks like how that how yeah. they lined up correctly. Yeah,
0: but the uh, was there any other questions? Because I got one. I got one from Facebook.
1: Well, yeah, those are the ones I saw. There might be more. I apologize uh, if I missed them.
0: Yeah, let me. I'll I'll comb through. But the only one that I wanted to address. Let's see. Um, let me double check for. Uh, let's see. I'm double checking right now. Um, let's double check while I do that. Um, uh, no, okay. Um, no, Emmanuel was asking if. Uh, at Emmanuel, uh, Sammy in 99 was asking if Tyler Alexander was uh, brought up here. It'll be going on Sunday. Uh, yeah, so the other question I did have was from Facebook. And that had to do with the Buck Farmer, and it was it was from the for, the farmer the forum question about Buck Farmer. Like there was a Evan Woodbury was talking about, ooh he just got smoked in the head. Wow, wow. Who did? Uh, Lopes, uh, Lopes got smoked in the head by Verhagen. Took him right off the Oof. helmet. Ooh, He's not he down. As he was kind of dizzy and he just now he stumbled to the ground a little bit. Uh,
1: oh, and there's the fan reaction. Yeah. Ooh, it look like at the shoulder or is it the head, Chris? I don't, I can't oh, tell. That, is that maybe his? Yeah, that looks like his family. Eeks. Oh, now, now I'm seeing the family reaction. Oh yeah, it looks like right in like the cheek. Yeah,
0: look, it looks like his girlfriend or well, m- girl wife. I'm not sure, but uh, or his mom too, or her mom. Let's see here.
1: He's all right. Oh
0: like- shit!
1: Right in the he's cheek. All right. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to. Is that, is, it looks like his lip maybe got got some yeah. of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, this is what, you know, the Tigers are bringing up. Yeah. Light <laughs> level pitchers, you're going to get hit. And, and we'll see. We'll see what happens if maybe a Tigers hitter wears one. I, I, obviously, I, I don't think Verhagen did that on purpose, but you give up a grand slam, and the next inning you hit a guy in the head. Other teams start to wonder, we'll see if, if a Tigers hitter gets one today. And if so, that could make for kind of an interesting series. Yeah, and this is the, the first of seven.
0: This is the first time they take on Seattle all season. But the question was about Buff Farmer. And we had this question before. I think it was last week. But what are the chances of him going next week at the trade deadline?
1: Yeah, it was it was something. Yeah, we had, somebody asked next week if he was – I don't know what, or last week, I don't know what what the question was, but we definitely talked about him. And I kind of dug into it a little bit on the forum. You can, if you want to go, people go on there, you can see my answer. But basically I hadn't realized, yeah, his numbers are pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, I I, I compared him. I said, he's basically the reliever version of of Matthew Boyd this year. And obviously it's a much smaller sample and it's kind of spread out. So you don't notice it as much, but his strikeouts have jumped. His walks have dropped a ton. His, uh, He's got some bad luck this year on, on BABIP, but his FIP is like 3.1. I mean, you know, he's not an elite reliever or anything like that, but it's the sort of thing where, like, if Shane Green goes, it wouldn't shock me one bit if Farmer becomes the new closer. Um, it's kind of hard to gauge his value. Just you don't see a lot of middle relievers get traded on their own. It, it, you you see more like somebody like Shane Green is a closer on a bad team. He gets traded and becomes a setup man or a middle reliever or a middle reliever is part of a package with like two other players. Um, But yeah, I could see if the Tigers want to move him and maybe they do. I I could see them getting kind of a solid, what we we describe as like a 45 OFP or 40 FV if, if you follow fan graphs. Sort of a, a utility guy, borderline start, you know, uh, regular in return, and maybe that's what they want. If you can get a, a an outfielder or something like that, maybe it's worth it. But I, when I was digging into the numbers, it ba- it basically looks like he's cut down on his fastball usage in favor of throwing his breaking ball more, which is uh, it, that's what basically the trend across baseball really. Fewer fastballs, more breaking balls. And it's working for him. And his fastball has traditionally been his worst pitch in terms of damage against him. Now, I always consider his changeup his best pitch. But the uh, breaking ball seems to be doing well, too. So I don't know. It, it could be one of those cases where a, a team like the Astros or the Yankees or the Dodgers mysteriously trade for him, and suddenly he gets really good. Uh, uh, I'm a little bit skeptical of that, but I doubt he gets traded. Yeah, I mean it was his 4 team fastball percentage
0: was up. Remember we were looking at his diet cast before, we talked about we broke down his numbers a few months ago where we he was progressing well and then he kinda of stepped back, but I think it was over usage a little bit. And I feel like we've yeah, we mentioned it like three or four times in a row, but it's worth mentioning because again, we're not trying to be cynical jerks about the Tigers and you look at the deposits when you can. So um beyond that I think we're I think time to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to Tigers SRD here on SportsRoadDetroit.com and a Tigers Minor League Report, wherever you're listening to the podcast at. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, which has been recategorized. So we are now under whatever category. I think we're in under- Middle
1: Eastern politics.
0: I'll <laughs> just Schwartz for 200 Um you can Find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Again, thank you for all the reviews. Thank you for the winners, by the way. Chris, I hope you wrote them down because I – I'll make sure. I
1: didn't. We had Steve, we had Youper, and yeah. we had, yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to go back and listen.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> we'll go back and listen. We'll we'll announce the winners on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at TigersSRD, or you can follow myself at Rogcast 81 and Chris Brown at 0914. You can find us on the forums. Let's, again, we appreciate all the support, feedback, all the comments. Listen all the shows on the Overtime Media Network. And the Toledo Mudheads podcast, the Tigers just scored, the Seattle scores another run. And it's now 6-1 Seattle as we're putting this podcast to bed. And J.P. Proctor got a triple. And, yeah, so anyway, and I don't think the, the Tigers have anybody in the bullpen. So on that note, enjoy your rest of your night.